Hi, thanks for joining us for MC Podcasts, Episode 16. Today's podcast, we have co-host Lynn Crabtree, president of Master's Choice. And Lynn and I discussed heifer and, and calf and dry cow diets, talking about how sometimes they get left out in the cold. And then we also had Josh Baker from Southeast Agri-Seeds call in. Josh was talking about the uh, how to make hay and how to make good quality hay and gave us some tips on that. Hope that you enjoy today's podcast. and I want to welcome you all to MC Podcast, episode 16. My co-host today in studio is Lynn Crabtree. Morning, Mark. Good morning. Hey, welcome. Lynn is the president of Master's Choice, and uh, to be honest with you, he is one of my favorite co-hosts. I, that's the truth, because it seems like when you and I get to talking, we could just ramble on for a while. We have lots in common. We, we have similar thoughts about things, similar kind of backgrounds and ideas. And so I'm glad that you are here. So, um, Lynn, just kind of give us an update on what's going on at Master's Choice at the moment. I, it, it, we are crazy busy right now. You know, you, you'd think that uh, you're kind of getting to the end of, of, of crops in the ground and, and, and all that. And production corn is, is in the ground. It's up. It's doing well. Um, nurseries and plots and those kind of things are all kind of wrapped up, up and doing well. Side dressing is pretty much complete. I mean, you know, we had a lot of moisture early, as you know, and and uh, risk of losing some nitrogen. That's almost all in, up, going well. But uh, my goodness, we got so many other things going on. I mean, we've got uh, got a rather large nursery uh, expansion uh, going on in southern Illinois, and putting together like a 15-acre uh, nursery where we're we're putting in stationary pivot heads. So we've been been working all that to try to, to keep up with that so we could get that nursery planted. And it's, sure. it is, it's up, it's doing well, but we're, we're putting finishing touches on that. I think the guys are mounting a, a 20 horse pump out there right now. We've got, we got three phase power coming into that currently. We're leveling a lot of ground. We've got three new um, greenhouses uh, going up. Um, we can, we can run a series of three greenhouses off of a, uh, off a single computer system. Okay. And so um, uh, we've got a, another series of three greenhouses going up uh, there. So they don't even have the land leveled for that. And we've got to start construction uh, here by the, surely by the beginning of next month uh, to have those ready for this fall. Um, there's just a lot of things going on with a couple of the support divisions. We're putting in a new, uh, putting in a new conditioning line, mm-hmm. which will be the third line that'll be in, in, intact, uh, down at the Pulaski plant. Uh, we've expanded, uh, the, the facilities down there for, uh, isolation where, where returns all come in. Uh, we have, we're, we're building new storage down there right now. They're pouring a concrete for that right down, down there right now and constructing the third line and our guys, uh, uh, we don't contract that out, which yeah. is kind of unique uh, for anybody that's toured our facility. They they know that that our crew uh, a pretty accomplished uh, and, and uh, uh, universal group, and the equipment that they uh, that they run our corn through those lines. Uh, they have assembled them. They've yep. they've constructed them. They've actually engineered them from the ground up, and so they're they're in the midst of that. Uh, it's just uh, crazy busy with spraying and keeping up with stuff right now. So it's just, I don't know, I was, I was busy all weekend running around trying to get things ready for this week and looking at my schedule, and it's nuts. Yeah, so. yeah no doubt. Yeah, yeah I was. Uh, I had to send out an email last week. There's some time to go south to look at some crops and, 
and basically sent an email and said, look, I've got this date, this date, and this date. You you pick which one works for you because any other time I'm not going to be able to, to run down and, and look at these. So definitely getting definitely getting crazy busy. So, you know, Lynn, you and I, we've talked a lot about things uh, in the past. And, uh, you know, you and I, we, we have a similar kind of um, – uh, interest. We, we, we like cows. Uh, I think sometimes maybe we like cows more than we like people. Hmm. M- maybe, maybe yeah. you know, me, you know, uh, but you know, we, we have kind of this, you know, nutrition kind of background and thought process and all of these things. And so today I just really kind of want to talk about the idea that sometimes we, uh, you know, I think you said it in the past that, you know, we can really focus really heavily on lactation diets, you know, the, the lactating cow diet, we can spend time and energy and effort, and we can talk about making high-quality forages for those so we get the most productivity out of them. And it seems to me that a lot of times we give the calves, the heifers, and the, uh, and the dry cows kind of the back seat there and don't really pay much attention to them. You know, so, so what are the dangers in, in, in doing that? What are, what are some of your thoughts on that? Well, you know the you know the old adage, you know, we make forage and it doesn't go up just right. Well, that's dry cow feed, you know. Exactly. There's a lot more that goes into it than that. But I think that I think that we kind of examine where this where this whole thing, this whole philosophy comes from, and, and we'll begin to we we'll begin to understand exactly why we have some some of the problems that we have. So it when when we're looking at the milk tank and we're looking at pickup every day, mm-hmm. you know, we we know what our lactating herd's doing. And then we're out there and we're in the midst of, of forages changing, you know, a, a little bit, weather changes, you know, some of those kind of things. And so we're, we're, on, the, we're on the hot seat a little bit about making sure that that, that, that milk cow diet, that milk yep. cow uh, rations are, are, are currently balanced exactly. and, and, and doing well because we see the immediate return in the, in the milk that's picked up every day. And we need to see that. I oh, mean, yeah. we, we, need, we need to focus on that, and, and that's not an area that we, that we need to shun by any means, and, and I would never want, to, want it to sound like that. That is, that is an important diet, and we must have that to put milk in the tank, no but doubt. It, but it's not the only thing. Right. And it's not the only diet that we need to be looking at. And so I think that as we're beginning to look at, at, at our calves, you know, at our heifers, heifer development, we, we have to have that heifer that's gonna, that we're going to be able to breed on time, that's mm-hmm. going to be ready, you know, and is in a positive energy position so that she's going to stick and so that we've got, the, we've got our timetable down correctly so that we're freshening that, you know, that heifer, let's say a black and white that we want to freshen at 22 to 24 months. And she has got the frame build to be able to sustain the draw on her lactation as well as the body condition that's going to that's gonna be required to maintain us, keep us from pulling too much flesh off of her back sure. and then fall into that sophomore slump, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's not just that we have per- heifers that are productive when they come into the herd, but it's that we can that we can keep them in flesh so that as we get them bred back, they're in condition to have a great second season rather than that soft second season that too 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 many times we're familiar with. Yep. And so, you know, the way that we do that is to get that calf off to an, an incredibly good start. And then maintain some consistency mm-hmm. throughout that two-year development mm-hmm. process, so that we manage the gains. And 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 Mark, uh, too much of the time we don't focus on what it takes to be able to put together those kind of diets to get. Let, let's say a black and white, we want to gain it two and a quarter pounds a day. Right. You right. know. And if we don't look at that diet and manage for that, and we're just feeding them, oh, this is just heifer or dry cow feed. 
we, we don't really know where we're at. We, we don't know where we're at if we're, if we're not paying attention to those. You know, I was, on a, um, I was on a farm in Kansas last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago. But anyway, you know, they were doing a superb job. They were they were doing a superb job of, of had heifers in great condition. Their calves were in great condition. But you know, I mean, I think one of the things that sometimes we we one one of the places that a lot of times we just take for granted take for granted I think is the best word is with calf starters. You know, I mean, we 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 want these calves to to transition from from basically you know uh, liquid diet to a to a solid diet and. And there are ways that we can help promote that, but I think sometimes we just get into this mindset and into this kind of treadmill thing of, well, I'm just going to get my calf starter from the guy that I've always got it from, and we really don't pay attention to what's in that. Well, <clears throat> we know that South Dakota State did a study a couple of years ago that really showed that that making changes in that calf starter can really make changes in those calves. You know, we we had uh, South Dakota State took some uh, some some flowery type corn, some softer endosperm type corn, just replaced the corn in that diet, and those calves gained at a faster rate. But not only that, some of the most interesting things about that is that okay, so so we do we want them to gain, we want them to grow, we want them to we want them to be that. But there was this there was this dynamic going on there where the rumen was developing faster. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so we had greater papillae growth in there uh, that that really equated to to greater fiber digestibility. When they looked at those calves and they looked at the manure, there was at the same at the same time as the calves that had the flowery type grain in their calf starter versus those who did not. There was there there was a greater fiber digestibility going on. Uh, the fiber was more digested when they when they took manure samples. But one of the most interesting things is they were absorbing more minerals. Absolutely, they were absorbing more minerals. Cell development, man. Were, were you know when when they were when they were looking at those fecal samples and they were and they were analyzing those, there was a significant difference in the amount of absorption that was going on. Uh, with the mineralization in that feed, and of course, like you said, they were identical. The starters were identical. The only thing they did was change the corn yep. that was a portion of that calf starters right. uh, uh, composition, a small portion. And, and it wasn't it wasn't a big portion, but it was a dynamic difference there in in that. And so we're looking at that the mineral absorption. We're looking at cell and tissue development mm-hmm. of that heifer, and and how much greater that was. And of course, it showed up at the end of the study. They were they were they were heavy. You know, they were, they were heavier calves, heavier, a little larger front. Yeah, yeah, and and but but just ready to to really take off. And I know that one study that that you uh, that you have uh, uh, talked to me about in the past was uh, was a study that uh, wasn't it Mike Van Amberg at Cornell? Yep. yep. Uh, that was doing about the the start that you got a heifer off to and how that equated yes. on the finished end. And and that's kind of what I'm talking about. Right. You know, in terms of we we've got to we got to condition that heifer, we got to develop that heifer, and and that's an ongoing process and a very integral part of the process so that we get that heifer that maximizes the production in that tank, which we're keeping an eye on. Absolutely. So starting them off, actually, you know, they don't just look good and they don't just you know. They don't just breed off well, but but actually that first lactation is a higher high, higher level of of milk production in that first lactation, just by just by starting these calves off right and in doing that and taking care of them and, and and watching out for them, you know you you said it earlier. I think sometimes the the adage in the dairy industry is, oh this is lower quality hay. That's heifer hay. That's dry cow hay. But but really, we need to be making high quality hay. We need to be making high quality feedstuffs for those guys also. 
It, it's not just that we need to. I mean, if we wanted to push the highest quality feedstuffs to a heifer, we you know we'd easily top three pound a day, maybe maybe four pounds a day in terms of gain. But we can't do that because we have to develop a frame that's yes. going to be good for longevity. Now we have to put the condition on that frame that's going to that's going to manage it too. But sometimes I think we haphazardly just hope that we are developing a heifer, you know, that that's going to be good for the long haul, and and and, and that's the that's that two year process, mm-hmm. you know. And some of us some of us. Um, you know, contract that out without a great deal of thought. I mean, we realize we're getting a, our bread heifer back to us in a certain period of time, but is that is that frame fully developed? You know, have we reached a, a, a level of maturity with that frame, and is that in is that in focus? Is that in mind? You know, when we're putting to, putting gains together, when we're putting diets together, yeah. and, and is she in the kind of flesh that that she can peak higher and actually hold that milk curve? You know, like a like a cow that's out in her third, fourth, fifth lactation can. Right. You know, and no, that heifer isn't going to be, in terms of production, what that cow is. But but in relative terms, can she hold that yes. uh, lactation as long as yeah. as some of those cows? And, and 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 is you know, and that really starts with building that foundation and bringing her through that that whole feed process. Exactly. I, I, so I think it's I think it's interesting to me and kind of amazing that you know. Going back to that, like lactation cow diet. I mean, you know, we want to pull in a nutritionist who's going to help us make milk, but I wonder how many guys actually pull in a nutritionist to feed heifers and dry cows. Absolutely, and it's critically important. I, I think you know that, uh, that 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 we manage that and and keep those gains on a consistent basis, and and that's the way that we're going to manage that 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 um, that frame growth that we're looking for. Absolutely. Now, so so then we we kind of so one of the other areas that we seem to to kind of neglect there is dry cows. You bet. You know, I mean, and, you know, there's a lot of times that, that we just seem to, well, I'll just feed her enough to, to, to keep her going kind of, kind of mentality. I'll feed her enough, you know, just to kind of get her back. And, and it's that same balancing game. I want her to, I want her to, to gain some condition back. I mean, we've been, we've been milking her for, for 300 plus days. We've been milking her. Everything that she's been eating has pretty much so been going in into milk production without without milking off her back too much. But now now we need a time where she's going to not only develop a calf, all right. So she's got she's got time where she's she's developing this calf that's inside of her. So we got to give her enough to do that and a little bit more to, to get her a little you know a little condition back. Not we don't want to over condition our dry cows, but but get her but get her a little condition back so that she's ready. So that she's ready to do that. So, what are some what are some hints and tips and and things that you can see of uh, with feeding dry cows? Well, most most of us, are, you know, herd size anymore is is large enough where we can have at least two groups of dry cows, where we can have a close up group, and yes. we have a far out group, and that that's a huge help because uh, that 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 far off group, you know, we're we're more conditioning the rumen, reconditioning mm-hmm. the rumen. A lot of times we've got a pretty hot diet going into those cows, even at the tail end of lactation when we're drying them off. You know, I mean, it's not unusual to 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 be drying off pretty productive cows. You know, yep. uh, or trying trying to get them uh, 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 in, into that into that necessary dry period. Um, but you want them in. You want them in kind of their working clothes. You know, yeah. you you want them to have been. You want them to have been doing well. You don't want them over conditioned on the milk line and underproducing. You know, for you in the tank, uh, that's that's not efficient utilization. So we don't want that cow. But we want to we want to want her with her working clothes on. Want to bring her back in. We want to recondition that rumen. We want to we want to relift that 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 V lie on on the rumen. So we want some want some long stem scratch in there. You okay. know, we want something that's gonna. 
that's going to really get in there and kind of uh, curry the inside of that rumen and get it back in condition. So a lot for a lot of us, we're looking at some some dry hay. You know, I, I've heard it said for years. You know that silage is corn silage is is taboo for uh, for heifers under under 500 pounds and for dry cows. I, not true. No, I mean it doesn't. There's no bearing there, but but there are some other restrictions that go into play, and without getting into a, a lengthy discussion on cation ion anion exchange rates, right. we can simply say that we've got some mineral imbalances that often take place in a dry cow, okay. which causes a lot of metabolic problems when we freshen. Right. You know, and right. so we're a lot of us have just accepted the fact that we're flushing cows with calcium when they. When they when they fresh, yeah, and maybe a lot of that is is an improperly balanced dry cow diet, and uh, and and you know and, and maybe not, but 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 a lot of times it is, and so you know for for dry cow feed, I'm not looking for that lowest in energy or something that's been put up, you know, uh, that that's been rained on or what yeah. or, or whatever, and, and 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 it's not that we don't have to use those forages, I understand. Yeah, we, and, we've got to we've got to use those, we, we you know. We, I mean, we've, we've made them, we've spent time and energy and money making them, but I think sometimes just, you, you know, using them without, without, without really balancing with, with other things is very, it's, is very costly. Critical, absolutely critical, and, and so important to that cow hitting the, you know, hitting, hitting the string, freshening and hitting the string and, and taking off, you know, as opposed to, you know, getting her off to a bad start and 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 yeah. and then trying to play catch up. It's no different than you know than than than, than we kind of stress the importance of getting the calf off to right. a great start. Right. And you know, and and then building off of that, we got to do the same thing with our dry cows, and that's just uh, such a critical time. One of the things we need to watch is potassium. We need to watch potassium. In Absolutely. Hay. Yeah. I like. I you know I always liked uh, Timothy and and orchard grass hay. Timothy is something that Grandpa used to put up years ago. Uh, Timothy is 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 cheap to seed, you know. I mean, it, it's a relatively uh, strong crop. It's it's you know, people think it's a, a once and done crop, you know, because it puts off a big first cutting and then yeah. can't cut it back. But but really, the the growth points on Timothy are so high that most of us just cut too low, so we kill our Timothy, right. you know, or at least for the season. Right. Um, but Timothy was good, really good choice as a, as a combination in in some haze. Low potassium was the thing. Orchard grass was, you know, not too yeah. far behind it, but you know some of these some of these other grasses, like like uh, rye about, grass, could be brome? particularly high. Not bad. Yeah, typically, typically not bad. I mean, mineralization in our soils are going to have a lot to do with with that uh, uh, mineral content in the hay, but but uh, for the most part, not not bad. Not bad. Um, but you know, we can put together some pretty good diets with corn silage and, and some dry hay and accomplish the goal, you know, of that dry cow. Diet, but based off of the of the uh, body condition of that group as a whole, you know our energy values have to be controlled as well because we're not shucking the same kind of energy values no. into our dry cows as we were them at the at, at the tail end of lactation. Exactly, exactly. And then I, I think your I think your point just to kind of reiterate it that, that I hope people didn't miss that that reconditioning of of the rumen for that dry cow is 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 of utmost importance. Mm-hmm. You know, she we had we have been I, I think. I think I heard a guy say one time, you know, we treat our lactating cows like race cars. We want to we want to rev them up as high as we can without blowing up the engine, you know. And 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 we and we need to. Don't that's, you know, I mean, that's where we are. We, we need to do that, especially at $15 milk where we are, you know, today. I mean, you know, things we we got to have high high productivity out of them, but we also got to give them time 
to kind of come back off of that. Let's 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 recondition that. Let's 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 get that let's get that back. Put a little longer uh, stem in there. Rescratch that. And I, I I just think that sometimes we 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 forget about her there. You know, yeah. we we're going we're going to bring a race car in after a race, and and we're not just gonna we're just, we're not gonna make it run every day like it has been. We're gonna go in. We're gonna we're gonna maintenance it. We're gonna we're gonna make sure that everything's everything's doing right. We and we kind of got to do that same thing uh, with the cow and, and be able be able to do that. Pull that girl off the line. Give her give her that sixty days. You know, regardless of what she's doing, pull her and and, and give her sixty day period. And then obviously, if we can, and and, and many people are doing that today. Two groups. We got a step up yep. group. You know, a, a fresh a warm up group of dry right. cows right. where we're really kind of preparing them for the diet that. For the fuel that a race car is going to get, exactly, you know, exactly, you're exactly right. We're you know we're going we're go up and kind of warm her up. It's yep. exactly exactly what that close up diet is supposed to do. And and you know and and she's getting ready to calve. She's 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 got to she's got to have energy to to do all of that. And then she's got to have energy to to uh, make milk. And while minimizing a lot of those metabolic issues right. uh, that that can happen there. And and so I I just I think sometimes we. We a lot of times we, we look at we look at those at, at those as kind of second class citizens, you know those dry cows those heifers as kind of second class citizens. You know they're they're not they're not the gals that are really getting it done. But if we don't take care of them, they won't be the gals who get it done in, a, in the milk department. That's the that's the future. Yeah, that's right. E- exactly. You know, and um and and just you know I think some small changes in in those diets. You know, and maybe it is bringing a nutritionist in. Um, and, and maybe it is, uh, feeding a little bit better quality. hay. maybe it is feeding a little bit of corn silage, but, but really managing and thinking about how we're managing that in, instead of just, instead of just kind of, kind of treating them money, money well spent paying our nutritionists to do our dry cow and our heifer diets. Uh, no, no doubt about it. And, and then, you know, how many times, how many times have we, you and I been on a farm and, uh, and you know, it's, it's the, the kids who are feeding the heifers. And the dry cows, and you know, and and just not that not that they can't. Don't. That's not what I'm saying. But a lot of times, you know, sixteen, seventeen year old boy doesn't have, you know, oh, I'll just throw some of this in, so throw some of that in, and and not really, you know, he's got something else on his mind, right? If if it ain't football, it's it's baseball. If it ain't baseball, it's basketball. If it ain't sports, it's girls, right? And 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 not the girls that are that he's feeding, uh, you know, but the girls that are that are running around uh, the two legged girls running around the neighborhood, and uh, you know, and, and so just just managing and thinking through these things a lot of times will will go a long way into being able to do that. I learned a long time ago that there was the there was the diet that the nutritionist formulated, that it was the diet that the farmer put out there, and then it was the diet that the cows ate. Yeah. You know, and so a lot of times some of our heifers are our, our, our pre-fresh heifers are getting let, lumped in with our dry cows, and and you know, and a and a and a uh, and a more mature cow is going to get to the bunk, and and let's just say that we're that we're that were uh, is, is a lot of silage and some grain mix, and and then some dry hay that's that's in the TMR that's on that bunk, and she can sort through there pretty quickly, and she yep. can get the grain and the silage out and leave the hay for the heifer, you know, so the two totally different diets that they're getting coming off of the same bunk. And, and sometimes bunk management helps take care of some of that. So yeah. there are a lot of factors. Yeah, bunk management, pens, you know, p- pinning those off different, fe- feeding feeding for all of those things. You know, you, you talked a minute ago about, you know, here we have these these cows that are, that are coming off, that we're bringing them off of their lactating diet. But how many times 
you know, the diet that they're actually getting, even at the end of lactation, depending on the size of the farm and everything, a lot of times it's the same diet because we're just, we're kind of feeding for that average cow in the herd. It's the same diet that we're, that we're feeding for that high producing cow. Hmm. And, um, you know, and, and so, so she, she does need to come off and she, she does need that, that time to, to prepare. So, uh, so Lynn, actually, you know, we've been talking about, we've been talking about high quality hay. We've been talking about feeding, you know, feeding these calves right, feeding the, the heifers right, feeding the dry cows right. Uh, we're going to call, uh, we're going to call in Josh Baker. Josh Baker works oh, for yeah. Kings Agri-Seed South, and he's just going to, he's just going to kind of give us a, an idea of, of some tips on, on making hay, especially in the Southeast. You know, he's down in Georgia and, um, uh, you know, we're, we're already, I think, uh, you know, a lot of guys in the Midwest and, and a little bit north of us are just at first cutting. It'd be interesting to see exactly where they are in, in some of their cutting. So we're going we're gonna to call in Josh Baker uh, to just talk about making hay. Good. Hey, Josh, uh, glad to have you on today. I appreciate you uh, make, taking time to uh, talk to us. Uh, Lynn and I, we've kind of been talking about uh, calf starter diets or calf diets and heifer diets and, and, and dry cow diets. Wanted to call you in and, and just let you uh, talk a little bit about uh, making hay, you know, making good quality hay. But, uh, but before you do that, just uh, want to kind of introduce yourself and just kind of tell us exactly your role with King's Agri-Seed uh, Southeast and, and just kind of what's going on with you down there. Sure, sure. So this is, uh, my name's Josh Baker, like, like Mark said. I'm the general manager of Southeast Agri-Seeds and also work closely with our sister company, King's Agri-Seeds, uh, in the north northeast so southeast is positioned uh, in northwest georgia and um our our number one goal is to promote uh, better forage production uh, a lot of producers are, are running into challenges uh, from an economical standpoint uh with poor forages so we're, we're, that is our goal to, to, to help increase uh, overall uh, quality so good um good so yep. So, so you're down there in, in north in northeast Georgia, but you 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 have a territory that's all over down there. What um what kind of challenges are are guys having making making hay down there? So this year this year is a, is challenging because of moisture. You know, rainfall. We're getting excess rainfall right now. It's really hard to make quality forages. It's really hard because of the timing you know despite the, the fact that we uh, we want to cut a, a forage at a certain time you know it's, if it rains us out uh we can delay by a week or two and by the time our ground gets dry you know it, it uh, we may have lost some some quality there um it, that's one of the biggest challenges this year i'd say uh, a conceptual challenge or an overall challenge would be um what is quality yeah, and uh, and when when do we need to to start thinking about quality, and that's when we when we plant. You know, at planting time, when, whatever seed you're planting, that's when you need to start thinking about that quality and have a good idea of when to harvest. Um, I know a lot of times I get a, I get phone calls uh, uh, when uh, small grain forages are are already headed out, and they say, yeah. "Hey, when, when should I harvest?" Uh, about two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been uh, two weeks ago. So, so it's a good cover crop. Burn it down, and, and we'll try again next year. No. <laughs> yeah, but that's sometimes. Or, or, or har- harvest it and feed it to your heifers. It'll be okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's what a, a lot of guys say. Well, it, I, I can feed it to something. You know, yeah. something something will eat it. And yeah, and um, so that's probably the largest challenge is the con- the the concept of quality and 
and how to focus on that and, and uh, really and, dial it and, in. And so when you when you talk about quality, Josh, what what parameters uh, are you are you thinking? I mean, are we just talking protein? Are we talking energy? I mean, what 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 are you talking about when you say, oh, it needs to be needs to be good quality? So I think for years, you know, protein protein has been the uh, the, the comment or the, uh, the the what we fixated on in terms of quality and. Yeah. and uh, everybody sort of drove that that concept home and and as of late we're talking a lot more about fiber digestibility and energy because um, sure. protein and especially in a in a heifer diet is is, is rarely a, a strong limiting factor so we we do need to if we can increase the energy values of that forage through fiber digestibility that that's a really good diet it can create a really good diet for for a for a heifer and help that rumen function really help her get started right. Okay, so, uh, so you were talking, you were talking, you know, it starts with planting, and you talked a little bit about harvest timing and, and those things. So down down where you are, what what um, what forages, what what grasses, uh, legumes, what what kind of what kind of uh, you know what kind of seed, you know, for for lack of better terms, are you finding the best quality out of? Is it is it a, a certain type of grass, a certain type of clover, a mixture of both? So, you know, it varies because it really does come down to to, to management. I mean, I can have a, I can get, I can make really good quality fescue, um, but that's not going to be in July. Right. <laughs> it's not going to be July Fourth fescue. Uh, if I cut that fescue early May. Uh, you know, maybe even a little bit earlier if I'm making some baleage, um, uh, th- then I can make good quality out of fescue. Uh, orchard grass, same way. You know, our, our, our perennial crops make good hay as long as they're timed correctly. Um, small grains, I think, are the biggest um, lost potential, I guess, because we do let those get get so late okay. um, before, we, before we harvest them. So we're looking at that flag leaf stage on a good small grain. Um, that's really that's a really good forage um, for that classification of animal. Yeah, because you're you're maximizing. You know, we talk about it. You're maximizing protein there. I think you can lose right. ha- half your protein just in a week if we if we let that thing go to head. Um, you know, so we are yeah. talking we are talking protein there, but we're also talking sugars and fiber digestibility when it's in that flag leaf Absolutely. stage. And and so we so and we like like triticale. You know, we like we like we like that uh, because it has that longer harvest window and and i think you know we've done a good job promoting that and getting guys excited about it that's a it's a really uh, hot forage item right now in the southeast uh, especially and and but, but the challenge of that is because because a lot of producers think that well it's got a longer harvest window it's almost like they they, they want to be a little more relaxed about that uh-huh. we still we still do lose quality um, just not as much quality with uh um, uh, with that forage, so we're still targeting that flag leaf stage. So I, I know we've been talking about hay, but when you said triticale, it kind of kind of sparked a, a thought in my in my mind. Are our guys down in the southeast? Are they are they putting any stalkers on those? Because yeah, there's a lot of beef down there. Are they putting any stalkers on that over winter, or or is it just is it just sure. mainly gray uh, for for hay? Yeah, it, it, there are you know a lot of a lot of folks grazing, a lot of stalker cattle, and actually um, in terms of uh, dairy heifer development as well, I've got a lot of guys that graze um, uh, winter annual forages for okay. for their dairy um, uh, cattle, their dairy heifers, and uh, I work with with guys in northeast Georgia that are 
they're uh, raising heifers for the North Florida dairies. Okay. And they do a really good job job dialing in their forage program in terms of grazing. Now, we default to ryegrass. We, yeah. we always want to default to ryegrass. But um, what I found is that the uh, optimum window for, for the intersection of yield and quality and ryegrass is pretty short yes. um, because yes. it does it does uh, mature. And once it matures, it's one of the worst in terms of getting um, not only indigestible but also almost unpalatable. I mean, it's just right. not a desirable forage anymore. So I think spreading the windows out, you know, with some of these diverse small grain forages, um, adding some clovers, um, uh, getting that started a little bit earlier in the fall, maybe with some spring forage oats or, or something like that. You know, that that's really um, the focus of, of uh, uh, you know, our, our, our cheap feed or our, our, our economical feed. Is, yeah. is that's when we're going to produce that for for our heifers. No doubt. So so just just to kind of we'll, we'll – We'll we'll jump off this in a second, but just just for so you got you got heifers or or stalkers that are grazing. When do when does a guy need to think about pulling them off in in the spring to be able to let that crop kind of recuperate and mature so that we can go in and cut that for hay? What's your kind of what's your kind of gut thought there? You're just your kind of blanket th- rule of thumb. Uh, oh, that's that's a great question. So you know, it depends on the area. Of course, it, there there is some variance there, but um, uh, you know, you really need to pull them off uh, earlier in the winter to allow that to, to to get that spring green up. So a lot of guys unfortunately don't catch it until after spring green up. They yeah. see it greening up, and then and then they pull the cattle off. And instead, you know, you should there, there's there's not really a visual marker. You just have to sort of think about it and know that the season the weather's going to break. And when we get green up on those uh, small grains or ryegrass, whatever it is, we need to go out there and hit it with some nitrogen and uh, really, really make it explode and, and uh, get some good some good forage out of that for haylage or baleage. Um, so I guess I guess I'll say that it it, it really does vary, um, yeah. but typically it's sooner than what we would normally think. It's sooner than green up. I'll okay. say that. I need That's to go good. ahead. So I I personally, you know, I'm I'm bringing the I'm grazing some uh, stockpiled, some fescue, some, some late season fescue, and then I go straight into my winter annual. Uh, after Christmas, I'm, I'm usually uh, bringing the cattle off of that that uh, winter annual to let it rest through January, February, then in March my weather breaks and uh, and I you know can start to really get some some good forage growth out of that if I'm planning to harvest. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So kind of to wrap this whole thing up, we've been talking about good quality hay and, and just kind of making that and just some thoughts. G- give me your, your top three um, top three techniques or managements or your top three points for, for making good good quality hay. Um timeliness give me four so i all right i'll, all right, I'll, I'll give you four i'll give you four two, I'll of, give, those, I'll give two you four. of those two of those will be two of those will be timeliness um okay. uh, one would be a, a selection varietal selection uh, is huge there is a huge variance in in the products that are available um for for uh for forage and then the the other one um uh, w- would probably be timeliness again i guess okay <laughs> i'd have to say uh, but for, i mean timeliness is really important and we're talking about that in terms of uh, uh maturity and quality 
we really do need to focus on that and make sure that's uh, that's that's what we're doing. So um, those would be would be very important, and uh, I talk about those a lot. And I know the season can be challenging, but still, yeah, we need to try to get those forages in in as as uh, as soon as they're ready. Absolutely, absolutely, That's quality. No doubt. Hey, Josh, thanks for calling in. Hope that everything's going well with you and your family. We uh, we appreciate right. your uh, your time, and so uh, uh, we'll let you get back to it. So thanks for calling, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. Take care. Hey, hey, we want to thank Lynn Crabtree for joining us again and Josh Baker for uh, taking his time to join us today for MC Podcast, Episode 16. And so we appreciate you guys out there who are listening to us. And uh, remember always that we are social, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and always you can find us at seedcorn.com. Y'all have a great day. Thanks for joining.